Welcome to Breaking Ice and Building Bridges from Possibilities. I'm Kelly Johnson. And I'm Byron Jackson. Glad you're here. Connecting a community through conversation. Welcome to the Possibilities Podcast, where we are breaking ice and building bridges. Uh, and I just want to say, can we all clap our hands for the wonderful countdown we just got just now? Great job, right now. It was very official. It was like three. <laughs> I like it. It's like when you don't say the last ones. It was really yeah, good. It's the two ones. Um, so uh, today we're talking about communication and kind of what ties us together and what message we're trying to get out and where's the bridge that overlaps between all those messages. And I cannot start without having us at least introduce ourselves and tell uh, the table and the people that are listening what our passions are. So uh, my name is Derek Sire. I'm a long uh, friend of the organization. I've gone through their PIP class. Um, and I don't remember what class that was, like class 15 or something like that. So were you 15 as well? Class, yeah, yeah absolutely. class 15. And uh, I wear multiple hats here in the community in Oklahoma City. I love Oklahoma City. I'm a mentor. I'm a speaker. I'm a trainer. I'm an entrepreneur. I work with Oklahoma City Police Department. Um, professional development, author, speaker, all that wow. cool stuff. Uh, and so um, my passions are uh, kind of communicating uh, relationship and connection uh, at multiple different levels. I work with middle school, I work with high school, college students, I work with professional adults, and it's all about how can we get our message out and use that as a way to connect and build relationships. Uh, I'm going to pass it to my left. All right. Appreciate you, Mr. Derek. Uh, I'm also... Well, my name is Adrian Anderson. I'm also a PIP alumni, 2015. Uh, I currently help Possibilities do some, um, we call, I call a lot of people, maybe I call two people too much, <laughs> come back and want to talk to them, leave some messages and having some fun uh, doing that with our former PIP alumni uh, and trying to get some information on a survey that we're conducting for outcomes for 2022 and beyond. I'm also a community advocate, mainly in the, in the area of Spencer, Oklahoma, but Oklahoma City Public Schools as well. Uh, born and raised in Spencer, Spencer alumni, Star Spencer alumni, high school graduate in 1997, and just wanted to come back after graduating college and trying to find myself in my young adolescent or young adult years and trying to figure out what I want to do. And just it was a call and saying, hey, go back to your community. You know, let's see what, what you can do and how you can help others before you because I've seen a lot of people help and, and, and do things in the community and was like, you know what, it's it's my time. It's it's our generation's time. See what we could do to give back. And so um moved back to Spencer, you know, a couple years in the city, moved back and uh been in that community since and and coaching, volunteer coaching. I've mentored in the schools, um advocate with the district, building relationships and, and that's my passion. And so I'm currently running for a school board in District 5, Oklahoma City Public Schools. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, encouraging everybody, just get out and vote. And, you know, like this podcast, you know, the theme is building bridges. I want to build those bridges between our communities and between every district that represents Oklahoma City Public Schools. So no matter what side you're on, if you're from the north side, or you live on the west side, you know, we're all going through the same things. We want what's best for our children no matter what school, no matter what background you come from. And so my goal, one of my goals is to build those bridges and have those conversations on how can we help you and how can we help each other. And so Adrian Anderson, I'm glad to be here. Adrian, I got to say before we pass the mic, we got to get you a better like title 
Okay. Possibly. We got to work with Kelly and Byron. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, community and al- alumni relations. You know, they probably uh, got a title for me, and I just I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not good with titles. You know, I'm just here to do the work. Yeah. You know? Was like, you know, I'm, I'm sure a- on my employee packet. You know, <laughs> community specialist. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, level three. You uh-huh. know, community specialist three. You uh-huh. know, who knows? He was like, I made calls to people. It was like, right. we got to work on that one. Work on that. <laughs> cool. Nice to meet you. For everybody that don't know. Adrian, that's a good guy, a very active. Um, Appreciate you. Yeah, I remember meeting you uh, years ago when we were coming yep. to the class. Absolutely. Uh, stand-up dude. I love your community. Yeah. I love that about you, man. Absolutely. Definitely. Across the table. Here we go. All right. Well, I'm next in this circle. So I'm Catherine Kurt, and I was actually the co-chair of the recent fundraiser for Possibilities, which was a total blast. Um, really met a lot of interesting people through that and learned more about the uh mission of possibilities, which is very much in line with my mission, I would say. Um, I have been a teacher for a long time. I have had the joy, really, of teaching a wide range of ages in a wide range of places, actually. So I started off my career teaching as an assistant teacher at a private school in New York City. All boys, they wore suits and ties starting in first grade. And then that experience, really before that, I didn't want to be a teacher. I'd been a camp counselor. I loved teaching out in nature. I was a sailing instructor and I led trips out into the woods and I felt like that was the right classroom for me. But um, I just felt like it would be too confining to be in inside a classroom. And my mother kept telling me different because she was a high school English teacher. She thought it would be a good career. And in fact, she was right. And so after a long time, I decided to go ahead and get certified. And initially I was certified for English and um, I had experience with sixth grade in, um, when I was getting trained, but then uh, my first real job was on the far north side in, in Tulsa as an art teacher. I was also kind of certified for art, um, so I was working in kind of the opposite place, I guess you might say, from my initial experience that um, made me fall in love with teaching, but I loved the kids. Um, so I taught art for a while and then moved into high school teaching English. Um, and was in the public school system in Tulsa. But then here uh, I became a mom. And just with time considerations, I ended up finding the perfect job for me. For eight years, I was a teacher uh, at Christ the King and teaching three-year-olds. And so I was actually back to doing what I really, really loved, which was teaching a lot of art and music along with all the things. It was an extremely creative job. Um, in the last two years, I have not been doing that, but I've been um, doing more music and art um, in different ways. Um, and I would say my passion is that I, I remember thinking in my 20s, what do I really want? And I felt like I want radiant health. I didn't even know what that really meant. But now I would say I not only want radiant health for myself, but I want it for my community, for the entire world, and especially nature because nature sustains all of us and i feel like we're at a crisis point on so many fronts but the thing we need to do is flip quickly flip to a new way of thinking um, and a way of understanding the world so that we can create more fascinating bridges between all of us and especially all of us in the world that is sustaining us which is nature Um, because we need to make big changes fast and um, on pretty much every level. But I think that, that those changes can kind of come quickly, I think, when you build that bridge. 
Absolutely. And I think that what I've seen with possibilities is that they do, they build those bridges and build them quickly. Mm-hmm. And that was the exciting thing to see in that 12 hour Zoomathon with all the conversations happening one after another. It was just incredible. So wow. amazing. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Definitely. Nice to meet you too. Last but not least. Uh, my name is Billy Nicolotti. Um, what I bring to the table, I wasn't quite sure like why I was going to come to this. I came to help out Lauren. <laughs> I'm friends with her sister in the community. Um, I, as a person, am trying to figure out in the world sort of how I can best fit in and where I can give, both in myself personally, my family, and the greater community. So I realize now I came here to be inspired and to meet you all to see what those opportunities are and where they give, because um, I have learned through my own health and other um, other things, everything that you look at, whatever you see, tends to be on the surface a symptom, and what are the actual struggles um, and problems that are happening in uh, our communities locally and as a whole, and how, as one single human, can I help uh, deal with those? And that feels very overwhelming at times. So it's fantastic to see people um, and what they're doing and how I can support that. Absolutely. Lovely. Nice to meet you. Nice really. to meet you. Now, we are going to split the universe in half right now by asking Catherine, if you spell your first name with the C or a K, we're going to split the universe right in half right now. Right. What do you think it is? I think it's a K. You are right. How about I was that? also going to vote K. Was it insert applause? <laughs> we're looking at our producer, right. insert the, right. the crowd applause, applause there. I know. So I would love for us to start now. Um, I think we've all in some element have mentioned community. So let's take some time to kind of flesh that out and define uh, individually what uh, we define as community. Like when we look out in the great ethos, right, and we bring it all the way into our next door neighbor, what does community look like? And we'll go up back around in opposite direction going to Billy. What do you think when you hear the word community, right? Because one of the things that I love about words, this is what I love about words, is that if I say a word, <laughs> right, different things pop in your mind, right? If I say apple, if I just say apple, I'm thinking of a bright red apple. Somebody else may be thinking of a green apple, right? The, it could be like a small apple. It could be, you know, right. when I could say apple and some people think of like, what's the 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 the, the crushed apple went to sleep? Who was that? Snow White? Snow White. Snow White. Like some people think of different right. things. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't see me pass yeah. out. I know this is a podcast, <laughs> but, but I bit it. Computer, you know? <laughs> yeah, or the right. computer. So community, when we say community, I could be thinking something completely different uh, than you all think. So I think just for the sake of the room and the conversation, uh, let's share what we think when we hear community. So I love your description because unfortunately or fortunately, the way my mind works is when you say Apple, like I'm flooded with all of those thoughts at the same time. So when you say community, I'm like, oh, and when they were like, the topic is uh, communication. I'm like, oh, is it, what kind of communication is it? Is it this? Is it Uh communication with that? that Uh So I've dreamt for the past two days about communication <laughs> and like it's 80,000 forms. Right. Egyptian, hieroglyphics. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So right. community, right, when you say that, I'm like, wow, what is that? Uh, so I think of the community that you were born into, the community that you develop. Uh, and for me personally, again, sort of like my lead in, I'm, I'm looking for that and what it is because I haven't found um, what – I think it should look like to have a healthy community. 
And so sometimes people in my life are like, well, maybe you're not with the right people. I'm like, I'm not disagreeing. I'm still not, I'm dreaming about knocking on people's doors in my neighborhood going, hi, these are the things that I'm interested right. in. Are you interested in any of these too? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to find a community. Wow. Um, so for me, it has like this beautiful ideal of what it could be and what I think it should look like of mm-hmm. sustainable, um, sustainable lifestyles. And you have food that's growing and people are engaging with each other. And so I have this ideal of a community. And then how do we grow into that? And what does it look like between where I'm at now and where this is? And how do I work to get there? Mm. And and who in life can help that unfold? And so my, when you think of community, tends to be more of a pipe dream. Yeah. Um, and so, we need those, though. <laughs> um, so that's, um, yes, it's either where I'm at, where I don't have one, and where I want it to be. And then the the how do I get there? Yeah, I think that's a great description when you say, where am I at versus where do I want to be? And then who do I know? <laughs> right? Who do I know? Not enough folks, I'll yeah. tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> who do I know? And I think that's the very that's the epitome of community when yeah. it's like I think of where I am now, where I want it to be, and the who is important. I don't know that we can have community without who. Without the who. Yeah, that's really good. Thanks, but I appreciate it. Catherine, when you hear community, like what do you think of? Wow. Well, there are a lot of levels of community. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I find incredibly beautiful is the community that we formed in my preschool class. Mm. And my thought was, I wish everybody, all the adults, all the people of the world, not just Oklahoma City or America, but all the people could do this again. Kind of like that book, um, I Learned Everything I Need to Know in Kindergarten. And especially I loved this time when I was teaching music because I'm a songwriter. And so the songs that I have written, um, you know, for this class specifically, you know, on all the topics kids need to learn about apples or Mm -hmm. about letters or whatever, um, but mainly about peace and joy. And like within just a little bit, just within a quick song, you can suddenly have everybody's attention. Mm -hmm. You can suddenly create a sense of peace, you can suddenly switch to joy, you know, you can suddenly get out of the circle and run around the room being an animal and then come on back. And with that, you know, that, I don't know, that space, it's like sacred space, basically, where you can create a thing. And I think that's my, I've had this incredible opportunity to help create that space. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, how can we make that happen for more people? Because I feel like not even every three-year-old necessarily gets that opportunity. There need to be more three-year-olds having that opportunity. But there also need to be a lot of the people who have lost hope having that opportunity as well. We need to be singing and dancing more. And so I feel like that my, my ultimate community <clears throat> would be one where there was this invitation to dance, to sing, to share, mm-hmm. to cry, to feel all the feels like feel angry and get it out and then move on to the peace and joy. I love that. I'm going to come back to something that you said, uh, but Adrian, what, what do you think about um, community? When you hear the word community, what comes to mind? Well, um, you know, it's twofold to me. You know, one is when I hear community, I think about the community I grew up in or the community, you know, my neighborhood, you know, and so I, I, I view that and say, okay, these are the people that I know. It's the people that I grew up with. I, you know, when I was growing up, it was the village, of course, you know, and and looking at that and comparing that and saying, you know, that's what I know. And then now I've expounded on that and looking at community. I hear community, you, this word being used 
with everybody. Everybody's mentioning, hey, we're in the community. You know, so I'm thinking, like, it can't just be territorial anymore. It's bigger than that. You know, the community is everywhere. And so then defining that, you know, sim- being simple, a uh, simple definition is just that like-minded people or a collective group of people that have the same interests, have the same thoughts, maybe have the same concerns, same experiences. And in some form or fashion, we all correlate. We're human. We're experiencing something of the same thing. If it's just a family structure or a lack of or, you know, success or still, you know, struggles, trials and tribulations, I think that fits in the community no matter where you're at. And so, um, you know, I think we look at our community like, this is my community, this is where I'm from. And then it's like, well, there are all these communities that surround each other and we're all together. We're all connected together. And so um, I'm looking at it just trying to define if what, what my position is or how I can help us all. Like the podcast, you know, suggests building that bridge and saying, even though we're here, even though we're alluded to it in the introduction, that we're all, this, we're all in the same community overall. No matter how far, 30 miles, you know, two minutes around a corner, we all have certain interests, certain concerns, certain experiences that we can all share and all work and, and work together and build from. Definitely. I like that. And, and that leads me back to Catherine's statement of um, how can we mm, provide a space where people can in a moment, join in and a community can be created, right? Specifically, the example you gave was with the song, uh, we can jump up, run around the room, be an animal, and then come back, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what I think about is my kids in kindergarten, pre-K, learning that same song and then bringing it home and inviting dad to be a part of that community. But the key point about when we... Uh, are in these spaces where there's so much homogeny and then we jump out and then try to share that space with other people, not only do we have to extend the invitation, but they have to accept it, right? And so I can't think of how many times my kids are like, I'm a pony, I'm a pony. And I'm like, yeah, you're a pony, you're a pony, right? <laughs> right? When I could have joined in and, and I could have been like, right. I'm a pony, I'm a pony with my kids, right? And I think about this moment that uh, would be so easy to overlook this invitation to, uh, to coexist and to, to be in the same space with someone and then uh, go back. So my question is, when we think about community, uh, we've had three different types of community uh, defined here today. Is there a way for multiple communities to exist? I'll, I'll leave that prompt out with a quote. It says, um, unity isn't created in a space where everybody thinks alike. Unity it's created in a space where people think differently and they can still inhabit the same space. Right. I got chill bumps. <laughs> like when I can, yeah. right? Unity isn't a room where everybody thinks alike. Unity is space where people think differently and they're right. still able to coexist. Right. Right. So I think my question, and I'll start with Catherine this time, they've started out. How do we identify what our communities are and then extend the invitation for other people to become a part of it? How do we do that? Right? How, do, how do you create with the room of four-year-olds and five-year-olds this sacred place that they anticipate joining every single day, right? Whether it's 25 or 30 uh, students that are coming from their different homes and different sides. I mean, you went from New York to North Tulsa, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the concept of humanity and care and love is the same, but the way it's displayed 
right? It's different. And so when I think about how do we, we come from our communities and we join in a common place, how do I then extend the invitation from my community to this space and then the invitation from this space back to my community? How do we do that? How do we make that happen? How do we build that bridge? Well, I think one thing you're saying is that we all are different, and Mm -hmm. that is absolutely true. But I think the reality is, and what I've found in teaching people of very young ages, older ages, I guess I was, I've taught babies through high school students at this Mm -hmm. point, um, and girls only, boys only, mixed age, or mixed, uh, well, mixed age too, but mixed. um, Like co-ed? Well, yeah, co-ed stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the thing is, there's a lot of similarity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to remember. While we are all different, we are also similar. Mm-hmm. And I think really, you know, we, you can look at anybody and say, oh, they look like they've got it all together. But, you you know, we all know we all don't have it all together. Right. Um, and I think that's the thing to remember. And that also that's usually the starting point. The point where you break apart is the point where there's some space allowed mm. for something new to come up. And I think that's happening constantly for us, you know, because of different situations in all of our lives going on. You know, we always are breaking down and then building up again. And so I would say giving people the opportunity not to say, here's what you need to know, but to give them the opportunity to create Mm -hmm. whoever that is, like create language, create writing, create the dance, create a piece of art, you know, to or and then go out in nature and I think when you just give people that opportunity in that space, mm-hmm. then there's space for the relationships to happen naturally. Yeah. And I think that's the thing I've really been impressed upon on me with three-year-olds is to see how they quickly come together as friends. They have their arguments, they have their fights, but then they just move on. And I just, I've really been inspired by that, I would say. And yeah. I just think, again, like everybody of all ages, they need to come and be part of that experience. And I, I don't know, I, I think it would be really fun to, if you're saying, like, how do you make this happen? Mm-hmm. I think we should make preschool, but for everybody, like, literally, like, make make a space where, you know, because some people like to build, some people like to dance, some yeah. people like to write or talk or whatever. But, I mean, like, make a an actual space, and maybe Possibilities is really doing that, you know, actually, but, um, you know, where people can kind of have that experience. And come take part in it, you know, and like people from like try to get groups of people who are think they're different, perhaps mm-hmm. come together just like any class of kids would, you know, maybe even different ages and just come together for these experiences. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I loved about the PIP class that we have at Possibilities mm-hmm. is you get all these people who really just want to play. Mm-hmm. Right. They want to play in their communities. They when you think of like the sandbox is like, I don't care where you built. Right. We're in the sandbox together. Like we both like sand. Right. And so you get these people from all across the city and they're coming to this same space and they're sharing their ideas and the things they want to do and how they want to do it. And I get to contribute to Adrian's idea out in Spencer. and He gets to contribute to my idea in East Oklahoma City and I get to contribute to your idea. And then we all go away. Right. And then we uh, exist in our different spaces. But what happens that's unique that I love that what I, if I hear you saying correctly, is that um, when I go back, when we come to possibilities and then I go back to my own space where the magic truly takes place is when I pull people from this space into my community. And so when you say allowing that space for people to just be. Right. No matter what they want to be like, we lose the connection when we don't allow the space for people to be. 
right? I've seen people not allowed to be themselves and they are unable to build relationship or build connection in that space. They show up as they naturally are and somebody's like, mm, I don't know about that. You like to jump around like a pony. Like we don't do ponies over here, right? I keep sticking with the pony thing, but I, I think it's really important that when building relationship and building bridges, we acknowledge where people are and then we let them be, right? That's mm-hmm. so important to just let them be. Um, I like that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I hope, hopefully I captured that. Yeah. Well, it's well, like kind of the Montessori concept of like work time. I, mm-hmm. well, I, that Those are the words that I, I know anyway. You know, just like this space where you can work or just like recess, you know, mm-hmm. where everybody gets to do their thing. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there there's times when the, the leader, the teacher or in whatever situation, the mentor, you know, has to kind of direct the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's like the music class, you know, but where then there's some freedom within that, too. Yeah. Like so that. I, I think, yeah, if, if people get some freedom to just then that sparks their own imagination and then they can go. Mm-hmm. And then they they can create all kinds of very interesting connections with each other Ooh, I and love build it. this whole new relationship. Yeah, with that person. Yeah, I'm gonna come back to that as well. You keep saying some good stuff. I like that. Uh, so, how do we extend the invitation when we're talking about community still existing? How do we extend the invitation this way and then extend the invitation the other way and build those bridges? How do we do right. that? And I like to go back. Uh, one thing you said as far as in the space you all both alluded to as far as a space of where you could be you. Uh, that's one thing. It's a safe space where that person could be them. Uh, and I shared a story. I started to share a story with you all about my first encounter with possibilities and seeing Byron Jackson dancing. Oh, Byron. You know, when I'm walking <laughs> in, again, I'm, I got this thought of what the community is about. And I'm coming in and saying, hey, I'm serious, man. My, my community's struggling. And I walk in and he has this uh, bright red suit, I believe, mm-hmm. and he's dancing. I'm like, I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. No way that these guys are serious about helping the community because of my thought process. And so um, I had to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we have to create those opportunities. And then the people that are accepting that invitation, in, in a sense, are need to walk in with an open mind mm-hmm. and not um, just their ideals. Of, and bring that to the table. Don't get me wrong. You bring what... You've, you've went because all of it's necessary for the recipe for success and helping our community. But we have to be open-minded to other ideas and other people, you know, other backgrounds, other other thoughts, you know, other ways of doing things mm-hmm. instead of just your way. Even if it's successful, we have to allow other people to be comfortable in sharing that experience. I think sometimes, um, you know, going back to how that happens, we have to agree to disagree and still be able to work together. Because if we disagree, they're going to disagree with you. And mm-hmm. usually we're like, man, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of here, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not listening or we just can't work together. But that's not true. Like you said, we're different. We're different, but we have a lot of similarities. And so we have to be willing to listen to those differences, try to get an idea of where that difference may be coming from. It's not that it's a wrong or right. It's just different. And so we can just define like, okay, I see where you're coming from, and if I can understand that, and even if you don't agree with it even afterwards, mm-hmm. if we put a place in a safe place where everybody comes in and agrees with that, uh, I think that's ultimately where we can start moving the needle forward and just being willing to work with each other regardless of how you feel about it. Because we get emotional about it because I think community means something mm-hmm. personal to all of us mm-hmm. in some form or fashion, so we can get personal, and then that can create emotions and sometimes we need to be able to have that space constructively, respectfully, but be able to have those conversations and be able to not feel like, okay, if I'm, I get too excited or 
You know, I, I tell it like I feel it. You know, nobody's they're gonna reject it. You know, I won't be invited back to the room. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, what what I I feel like the way to get that done is definitely you gotta be willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you gotta be willing to listen. We all know so much sometimes, and we want to tell it like this is how you should do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's true. This is the way. You know, but it's like you know, sometimes other people they have a good idea. Sometimes they're right. You know, we we're talking about kids. Sometimes kids are right. Mm-hmm. Just because we're adults doesn't mean that the kids are not right. They're telling you how it is, but we don't want to listen because, hey, I've done this. I've been here. I'm this age, and I know all this. But if we're willing to listen sometimes, we'll be willing to grow together. So Yeah, I like that you said that uh, we take community personal, right? Like, I, my community, what I've identified as my community, like, I'm protective of my community. Like, don't come over right. here with, with no crap. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't. <laughs> Don't come over it with the yeah, BS. Like right. I'm, pr- I get emotional about my community. And when you get two uh, groups, or three groups, or four groups that are all just as passionate about their communities, I think that's where it requires the open mind. Right. It requires the open mind. Sure. And I think that's a great transition um, to Billy because Billy's like, I'm literally trying to find out. I want to knock on doors. <laughs> like I'm literally searching. Right. I'm, I admire your commitment. Yeah. I'm like, look yes. at you. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm so happy for him and his community. Right. So, open, so open mind, open heart. You have to have that in your search, right? You have to have it in your search. So talk to us a little bit with your open mind, open heart. Like, how do you accept invitations and extend invitations in order to build relationships? How do you do that? Um, so it's interesting, like, all of the different... I wanted to comment um, on hers about, like, if we could just move through the world a little bit more like a six-year-old, I think there might be some advantages to that, mm-hmm. talking about building community, because it is very easy to, for, for children uh, sometimes to do that. Um, but for me, always feeling like I was different than all of the people around me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, then, then we... Uh, I moved where there were a lot of people... Um, from a lot of different ways that they operated through life, but there still wasn't a sense of community. It was out in D.C. And so there's just so much a juxtaposition of all of the things, but everybody's going Jeez. in a million different directions. It's a very transient area. Mm-hmm. It's not a place to go in if you don't already have a community because you're like, oh, right. this is... And if you're very politically active, I guess you're going to be built into some communities there. Yeah. Um, and so for a long time, I thought, I really want to find like-minded people. Right. Like I sort of went on the search. I'm going to go find like sustainable communities and maybe I can go there. Maybe this. And then you really think about it. And you're like, OK. And then I read a lot about different types of communities and they still have the same struggles and the same strife. Right. Mm-hmm. And so but then if you just leave this to go live in this very monotonous. Uh, yeah, what you know what word I'm looking for. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and I'm like, OK, but that also doesn't sound very interesting because mm. I do love dynamic conversation. I'm like, okay, so I don't necessarily need to be different than all of the people. And so then I came and landed at open-minded, right? That's what I want. I want a group of open-minded people that you can engage with in different ways about different things, which is fascinating and fun. And so when you're talking about how as a community, mm-hmm. how do we come together? When I contemplated that, it is because a lot of communities don't always have uh, all open-minded folks. True. And you have the ones that are interested in going out. And so when she's describing like her playground, right, let's, where do we find the common ground 
of these different people that can come out and meet. And then that's what you do. So you find these different pockets of common ground and you draw the people out. And then I think it's kind of, we obviously with the pandemic, we're talking about the spread of things right now, but I think you also have the spread of positive things, right? Mm -hmm. So as you described, you come out and then you bring it back and you're the gateway Mm -hmm. to, to make all of that happen. And so if you, we can find more common ground things to help draw more and different people in safe ways because some are going to make the jump and be like yeah i'm going to go explore all of these different things and other Mm -hmm. people are going to be like well i read this book well i read this book too Mm -hmm. so how do we have more of those little things and then how do we have more um that can go back into the maybe not as open-minded groups and communities because it's like oh well this person that i trust and believe has come in and they brought me this new information that's it it. right and so the more people that that can talk about that have a group because your community loves and trusts you right mm-hmm. yeah. and so when you come back with these ideas they would never listen to me about them right uh-huh. or they may not listen more, to him it, about them more difficult right yeah maybe more difficult. i know there's a lot of people in my community <laughs> <laughs> Um, just like, I'll just talk about my community. I, I'll just say, the, the community that I don't have in my mind, I'm going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> right, but there is a struggle. But I know yeah. that I, because I talk about a lot of topics that um, my family may or may not agree with or see, but at mm-hmm. least they've now met a person that's willing to talk yes. about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things because yeah. I, I do alternative healthcare. I do mm-hmm. alternative education. I mm-hmm. do da, 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 just list of things. And it's like, oh, this is what Billy does now. Yeah. Um, and so, but at least they've met someone that practices on uh, Ayurveda, that does unschooling, that talks about um, different racial things and equities in our communities. Yeah. And those, they don't know someone that participates in that. So I've decided that that's probably the greatest that I can do to take back yeah. is to just talk more, which I don't need necessarily an invitation to do. <laughs> to talk more. You know, I, I, I like this concept of, of, of going back, right? We're talking about extending the invitation, accepting invitations. Uh, I, I have the wonderful opportunity, the honor to serve as like a, um, a touch point. Whenever things happen in America that are racially driven, uh, I just know within 24 hours, my phone is going to ring, right? I just have people that are like, let's call Derek. Let's call Derek. <laughs> and so um, I, I uh, after after a few years, I'd say maybe five, six, seven years of being that person and having people saying, hey, can you come speak to my group? Can you come speak to my group? I said, hey, you know what? It's going to be more impactful is if you speak to your group, right? You're trying to bring me in to speak to the group, but what's going to be more important and more impactful is that they hear it from someone that looks like them, that sounds like them, that they trust. Sure, I can come in as the outsider. I can. I can come in as the outsider and be like, this is what I think. This is what I see. That's great. That's great. That's great. But at the end of the day, when I leave, you all are still here having to, to deal with the work. So what's more impactful, I believe, is when I go out, I experience a group of people, and then I come back with the information. I'm like, hey, y'all know what Southside doing? <laughs> like, y'all know what Possibility is doing? And they're like, oh, for real? And I'm like, yeah. And then I bring my people over, right? And then, then we, we have this bridge of information, of communication, which I think is really cool. I used to volunteer at this place um, at a, a Metro Tech uh, on Spring Lake. And they had an an after-school program called the Art Science Program, Art Science Program. And it was completely voluntary. It was free. And uh, students would come, and we would talk about how to, to merge art and science. Because right? optentimes, uh, STEM is seen as the opposite of art, right? Which is totally not the case. Totally not the case. In fact, it's so not the case, they've changed it to STEAM, right? They've added art to the acronym. They're like, okay, we thought about it. 
for 20 years. <laughs> we decided to change it, right? And so what we do is we sit in this room and we would find things that were completely opposite. And when we merged them, they were so beautiful, so beautiful. Uh, we, we took a group of kids to France for an international competition. Then we took them to Boston for a national competition. And wow. to take these kids from, from the east side of Oklahoma City to Boston, they were like, it was amazing. Yeah. But let me tell you what they invented, right? They uh, invented this, uh, this, uh, this one group. Uh, one of the people in the group, their uh, grandmother was an interior decorator. And uh, she would love to change her house around. But the older that she got, she couldn't move things around. They're like, man, I just wish there was a way for grandma to be able to decorate her house. Um, how can we let grandma, how can we help grandma move furniture? Well, they said, what if we polarized all the furniture in the floor and the walls with magnets? And so they created this app where you could put magnets on the bottom of furniture and you could move the furniture on the app. You can wow. move the furniture like wow. they would stand out there with the and they would move this table and they would put couches on walls and they would move the the pictures and the frames. It was absolutely these are these are high school students. They were All like, right. "What do we do?" Another invention they um uh, the uh, superintendent um out at uh, uh, out at Metro Tech he passed away. He was cutting his grass. He passed away. And um, they were like, man, how, like there are a lot of old people out here cutting their grass and they're like, they have health problems. How could we help them? Right. And so one of the kids was like, what if we could, what if uh, a lawnmower could pop up out of the ground like a sprinkler system and work like a weed eater and just go <laughs> and cut the grass and go back in? They, no. cre they created wow. the, the sprinkler lawnmower, right? Wow. Where it pops up and it goes How much out. that costs? Yeah. <laughs> well, so they don't exist, but right? these are all yeah. like prototypes, right? Yeah. yeah the, 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 they had another one that was called the turnaround backpack. They were like, yeah. man, I just hate taking my backpack off. I wish there was something that I could like just take one arm out and just pull it around. It would stay on my body. It got the turnaround backpack. They had this little rail that hipped onto their belt. And so they would put the, on the backpack, clip the, the rail, and they would be able to swing their backpack around. <laughs> wow. These are kids that were, were like, let's put things that feel like they're polar and put them together. And they got to go to Boston and present these things to, to the Art Science Prize International staff. And it was absolutely amazing that experience they never had before. But when, whenever we see communities that do that, right, how cool would it be to, you know, I think that's something we should do right now. Let's, let's make a list of areas or people or groups that we would want to connect with. What if we could think, just for like 15, 20 seconds, I have not connected with this group. I would, I would love to connect with the Asian district. I have not connected with them. I would love to connect with, mm, I don't know, the oil and gas industry. How how can <laughs> may not be a good time for it, but how do, how do we <laughs> lower the price? Right? So I connect with them. Yeah, like yeah, oh, I'm just thinking lot. of like can, can you all think of like groups of people or concepts that you would love to? Oh, uh, what about urban um, gardens? Like how do we get though? How do I get those on every block on the east side? We have a garden in our backyard. We have two raised beds. Uh, grew tons of to uh, tons of vegetables. Um, Man, okra grows like crazy in Oklahoma. I didn't know that. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like, how do, how do, how do, how do we do that? How do we take these concepts that are foreign to our current communities, and how do we bring them in? It seems so polar. And how do we bring them in and create this this fusion that uh, hopefully symbolizes what we all hoped America would be? 
right? This big melting pot, right? City brotherly love, the big easy. Like we name our cities <laughs> out, out, out of unity type of things. Right. And yet somehow, I don't know that uh, we take the initiative. Like what, what do you all think? Just popcorn that, like throw that out. Like what are some areas? I mean, just right off the top of my head, you, you want to stay on STEM or STEAM um, within my community I work with, I would like to bring more uh, you know, exposure of that with those programs and those mm-hmm. opportunities to uh, my specific community of Spencer, but the district as a whole. Yeah. And I'm not saying that those opportunities are not there, mm-hmm. but I feel like we need to maybe identify maybe where they're more prevalent here or less prevalent and, yeah. and, and bring those together and equalize those opportunities. I would love to see Spencer with the aviation program. Absolutely. That would be great. Absolutely. Can you imagine like graduating 100 black pilots? That would be, That'd amazing. be amazing. That'd be amazing. And so why there this so that's the question why there're not more black pilots? That's that's the question. <laughs> so now right. we're taking like right. stuff that that we say communities don't do, right? right. How come there isn't like an all black swimming team for the USA? Absolutely. Right? Cuz we're dealing with the stereotype that this community doesn't do these things. Correct. And it's like do we do it because we're afraid of it or because it's lack of exposure. Like we didn't know, like we didn't grow up doing it. It was a lack of understanding mm-hmm. and a lack of a real conversation. Yeah. And so uh, on both ends, you know, um, uh, as, as that community needs to understand, we can do anything, Anything. you know, but at the, at the other side, anybody else that's providing those opportunities, I'm not saying this applies to everybody, mm-hmm. but we know that this does apply that sometimes we can believe that, no, that community cannot. And so we may not, it's, Based on that, we make decisions on that. Yeah. And that may be data-driven at some point. It, there may be some truth to that, but that is not true mm-hmm. overall. And so we got to wise that and identify ways to say, okay, let's address those issues. Yeah. And let's really survey the reasons why. It's not because they're not cap- not capable. Mm-hmm. It may be other challenges or other things that are put in place for us not to re- reach those those goals. Yeah. It's a reason know. that that exists. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things, and I'm going to throw it to this side of the table. I was just, as you were talking about that, I remember my daughter, uh, she, she uh, was going through this phase of wanting, she loved math and science. She's really good at math and science. And uh, she came to me one day and she was like, dad, I think I'm going to be a teacher. And I was like, whoa, what happened to, she's like, well, there's just not a lot of women engineers. And I was like, what are you doing? No, like, <laughs> that's why you need to do it, right? And she's like, no, I just think I'm going to be a teacher. And I was so heartbroken because a part of me wants to, like, kick down all the doors to let her know that she can do it. But trying to create a sustainable path where I won't always have to kick down doors for her to do it. Like, it has to be her passion that leads her. Um, yeah, so, like, when she said that, I'm thinking, black woman, engineer. Like, how many of those do you see walking around? Like, those are, like, right. whole of things. Like, oh, sure. okay, I'm talking too much. Go. What are we at? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm thinking, oh, I want to listen to what he has to say, but I have to answer the question. Wait, but I really want to listen to what he has to say. <laughs> so what are we thinking? Like, what are some areas that you want to get involved in? Like, things that are absent in your community that you're like, why don't we do that? Or why don't we have that? You want to answer first? Well, sure. Um, I would say the things that I feel people need to thrive, at least what I, I experience, there, well, there are many, many things, of course, but... Um, one is nature. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as people yes. who live in a city, um, it's not always the first thing people think about. And mm-hmm. I think that we could implement more classes out in nature. For instance, any school could mm-hmm. potentially do this. Um, any family. You know, but I think it does take some some thought about, you know, getting outside. What can you do outside? And, and just opening that up. 
um, to the many possibilities. And when I was a young kid, you know, I spent a lot of time outside. I was grew up in a small town and um, rode my bike a lot of places. And, you know, not everybody feels safe in their neighborhood to do that. But to create places and times where being out in nature is the thing to be doing, I would say is one. And I, I would say that. another is just a lot of opportunities to do the arts. You know, mm -hmm. I think people are happier when they are creating, whether that's, you know, creating music or a dance or artwork of any sort. And um, I've certainly found that to be true in my life. When I've got a creative project, it's just like my mind is just, you know, kind of on fire with this thing, and I just get so happy and excited. And I think um, we need more of that. And I, I think that's, again, an easy bridge to make. Like if you're making something together or out in nature together, mm -hmm. then, you know, we don't need to be so much thinking like we're all in these separate communities. Because mm -hmm. anyway, I just I think more more opportunities for that. And I'm really excited to see what the parks are doing actually in our city, like mm -hmm. Scissor Tail Park, Married Gardens, mm -hmm. because they are providing those opportunities um, in abundance for all ages. And I'm just very excited about that because I think that's that's a way our city's really made a huge improvement. And um, I just think, you know, more of that. And the zoo's doing amazing stuff too. So yeah. we do have it is available, but um, I just think, you know, for us to get out there and, and do more of, of that. Sure. Yeah. I love, I love uh, cities. I read some article about um, variables to successful cities. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like, um, uh, like the, the uh, ability to move around, like with sidewalks and public transportation, walkability. Right. Uh, that was one. Um, the list had indoor outdoor space. Mm -hmm. Right. And you think of, when I think of every great city that I've been to, uh, the indoor-outdoor component has been uh, integral to the, the thrivingness of the city. Like, I think of going to uh, Portland, right? Their indoor-outdoor space is amazing. When I think of uh, New York City, right? Going to, to Upper Manhattan, you get to Central Park. I think of uh, New Orleans, right? They're, they spend a lot of tons of time outdoors. I think of, oh, my gosh, Denver, Colorado. Like, their indoor-outdoor space is absolutely amazing. And it's fun to see Oklahoma City get into that with Martin Nature Park and mm -hmm. putting the trails in around like Overholzer mm -hmm. and like Hafner. Think about Mary Garden, Scissortail. And River Sport. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, River that's, Sport. That's such an amazing thing, too. So. Ah, it's, so, wow. it's so good. Okay. Last but not least. <laughs> so for me, when you say to bring in different things together, I imagine bringing in everything that makes a human a human together. Mm. And so wow. it is to break apart sort of the structures that exist and you have mm -hmm. um, your wellness, which is again, sort of more preventative healthcare as opposed to reactive healthcare. Mm -hmm. And to be able to maintain that through the choices that you have. Vocation within your same community. So the different types of work that you do are actually where you do them, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Like when I imagine Oklahoma City, right, is a huge space. And sometimes a neighborhood is a smaller space. So somewhere in between those two. Yeah. And then you have education for your children isn't in a building. It's folded into what the community mm, is doing. And wow. you have someone that likes to weld Jeez. and you have woodworking and then you have uh, the garden spaces. So whether it's your, it's not a garden space, right? It's your yard. It's yeah. just food that's growing yeah. as food for us. And it's not maintained as here's carrots and peas. I mean, we know about companion planting for indigenous cultures like across the world over. Mm -hmm. And so if you can just build communities that are structured together with um, uh, similarities, right, in what they're interested in and how they move through the world. Um, not like-minded, right, but 
Um, what are the dynamics that create that opportunity? And then you, so you have your food there, which leads to your wellness. Mm-hmm. You have the education of your children, them moving about, and they have mentors in the community because the community is present there. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be in a building there with these people and these people and these people and these people throughout their day doing what they love and what they're passionate about. And then you have the arts that grow out of that naturally, whatever you're into or whatever you're doing. And so to have life be dynamic in what we're living, not this person goes to work and this person goes to school Mm -hmm. and that we need to go to the store and buy the food is just part of how you're alive. And so I want all of that to be like what we do with our everyday. How do, how do, when we think of like building communities in our community, how do we make available? Like what is a human need? Like as a human, (laughs) humans, what you say, make, what makes a human a human? Right. How do we figure out what that is and then make it available in the communities. Right. You need Absolutely. you need relationships mm-hmm. of all sorts and sizes. Mm-hmm. You need food. Mm-hmm. You need vocation, something that you're passionate about. And I think if we were worried less about money and mm-hmm. like I need to earn, mm-hmm. right? And then whatever I'm passionate about is like I don't want to cook. Some people love to cook. Yay, you should do that. I'm going to do these things and you do these things. And there's enough people that are passionate about enough different things that when you bring them all together, they're just, it works because everybody's doing what they love to do. And so if you get all the painters together, like, okay, that's not going to be a great time. (laughs) Depending on what they like to paint, right, is lovely, but they're going to be starving, like literally starving artists. So (laughs) we don't want that because art is so valuable and so underrated and, and, but it's so critically important and food. I mean, think about our farmers, my Mm. goodness. But so in my mind, everybody should be able to do the things that they're passionate about. And by default, what makes me human and what makes you human is very similar and yet very different. But if I can bring those two together uh-huh. then what grows out of that is fantastic yeah, yeah. and it creates a community where i don't have to, to leave right and it, and, and you're it. not ever really working but you're doing work yeah. and you're there's just no separation of it we're all just alive and yeah. having a fabulous time for the most part and then you have the support of the emotions that naturally like flow out of that and because there's no anyways jeez really <laughs> All right, our, our, our producer just gave us the, the wrap it up sign. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. I do oh, have yes. one last prompt. Uh, definitely don't think it's long enough. I don't know if y'all listen to Joe Rogan or not, but he has like three, four hour podcast episodes. And I'm like, how is Joe talking for four hours? <laughs> but like today right. lets me know, man, we can spend some time oh, in yeah. here today oh, yeah. talking about it. So, Absolutely. Um, I, I want to let our, our listeners know just kind of individually what we're doing uh, to help create community. Um, I, I want to come back on so many of these things um, and maybe uh, we'll stick around a little bit after the the podcast recording ends. Uh, But when I think about nature, how important it is for, I remember just growing up being outside, Mm -hmm. like just riding bikes, playing in creeks, jumping Mm -hmm. fences, climbing trees. My daughter, my daughter's, (laughs) we took her to Colorado and she was just playing on rocks. And yeah. I was like, what are you doing? She was like, rocks. We don't have rocks in our home. I'm like, yes, we do. And I'm like thinking, like, what have I done to my kids? Right? Where, like, every, th- every place we go that simulates an outdoor space is inside, right? That's we go right. rock climbing inside. We ride bikes inside. It's just it's crazy. So, anyhow, that's just a whole different conversation. But my last prompt to you all is I want to know what uh, we are currently doing to help build community in our areas, right? I know that we have lots of stuff that we do, um, lots of interest um, that uh, we're just kind of interested in. Uh, but I want to let our listeners know. Uh, and, and one of the things that I love about sharing is that oftentimes when we share, we give other people 
the permission to share or the safety to share or the prompt to share. Um, and so I just want us to brag on ourselves just for a little bit in all humility and let folks know that there are there, that there is stuff being done, not only in Oklahoma City, not only in Oklahoma, but the country. Because sometimes I think a narrative is being pushed that's so negative that we need to like reinforce joy and goodness and that things are being done. So um, just kind of let our listeners know uh, what's happening in Oklahoma City and how you're contributing to it. Uh, Adrian, I'll start this way. What are you doing? What you got going on? What I got going on? I started running for, for a school board. <laughs> trying to make sure I pay the mortgage. You know, all, no business, all that, right? Um, well, I, you know, I'm a volunteer coach at the YMCA, um, helping. You know, I feel like just trying to give, be a good example, uh, trying to give good energy, you know, positive energy uh, for the for the kids, and try to set an example of, hey, your son, your daughter is not going to be Michael Jordan or Candace Parker at eight. A nine is supposed to be fun, right? And so um, I'm super competitive, but, you know, I had to even tone it down and, and say, you know, this is about developing kids through the game of basketball and developing character, developing good decision-making, but overall having fun. And so when you have fun, you fall hopefully fall in love with it or just enjoy the moments you remember those things and you could take the lessons. You're going to retain those lessons more uh, than a negative experience, you know. Um, and then it's hard to undo that. And so uh, being a volunteer coach, I'm a volunteer coach at Star Smith High School with the varsity girls basketball team. Um, have our own nonprofit, small nonprofit. We try to do things uh, just trying to assess, uh, survey the need in the community and try to meet it. In certain ways, uh, we try to advocate for education, uh, the uh, programs that maybe are going undervalued, under underexposed, um, and trying to just bring more light to those programs. You know, all the the free programs that's in Oklahoma City or above. But uh, mo- ma- most most things that I'm part of is just serving. You know, I, I have even companies serving others before ourselves. So mm-hmm. you focus on helping others takes away from all the problems that I got, you know? Because if really I focus does. on myself, you know, I'm like, man, I'm stressed out, man. That's that. my problem. Right. I'm not there. <laughs> so, like, we serve somebody else, you know, try to serve in our own interests. I think one of you all mentioned about folks on money, you know, like, I think that stuff will come, you know? Uh, I've always been provided for. You know, I'm always thankful. The Lord has always brought me through. And so I enjoy life a little bit more if I'm serving somebody else or helping somebody else. And so wherever that is, um, you know, it's, it's, I say I can't say no to a lot of things. I'm stretched in. Like, yeah. I'm doing so much in the community. Um, and I won't say so much because I know it's a lot of other people that's really doing a lot. Uh, but I, the things that in my capacity, I feel like I'm doing multiple things, um, mainly through coaching or just mentoring, um, you know, just helping, advocating, seeing what's going on. What can I do? What do you need? I give you ten dollars, not twenty, but <laughs> I give you something. Yeah. And so, um, and you know, there you go. Just wherever the need is, with the possibilities, or whatever organization I could serve, um, that's pretty much what you know what I got going so far. Thanks, sir. Appreciate yeah. it, Captain. All right. Well, here are a few things I'm doing now. I was teaching, and that was so much fun. But um, the last couple of years, some things I've been doing are um, writing songs, and so I work with my church just as a volunteer um, right before the Sunday school time and uh, lead some music. And sometimes I create a song for that, which has been exciting. And I'm hiring somebody to um, arrange them for choirs so that hopefully I will be able to get my songs out there in a bigger way wow. at some future time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And also, I've just recently started a group of people who are interested in pollinator gardening. Um, there are a few who have experience, and a, a lot of us who uh, want more information. But this, this has grown out of my interest with um, a school garden, which I've been volunteering with. This will be my fourth season. And so some close looking at what happens with pollinator gardens. And now I'm just excited to share that information because I think the more habitat we can create, the better, and the more people, because each one of those people will tell their friends mm -hmm. and um, it'll just keep growing, hopefully. And finally, I'm, I've got a new business, um, and I'm hoping to do some other things as well, but I'm currently working on cards. And my focus is taking photographs of all, all things in Oklahoma City. So some of them are pollinator pictures, and some are pictures of um, public art or buildings in Oklahoma. And then I'm also going to do a, another set with things that are like the symbols, like the rose rock and the red mm -hmm. bud things like that. But I, I feel like um, I'm from Illinois and I know I didn't know much about Oklahoma, but I think sometimes people have kind of a negative vision of, you know, and we're on some lists where you don't want to be on the top of the list, right. you know? And so um, I think, you know, it's sometimes it's easy to focus on the negatives, but my, I want my cards to be very beautiful yeah. and, and help people kind of envision a new thing. And I actually brought little cards for all of you guys today. <laughs> but um, anyway, just, you know, in some cases creating a thing and then taking a photograph of it. Well, that's in Oklahoma, yeah. you know, like a, I uh, have a one picture of a snowflake that was hanging in my window, for instance. Wow. Um, and then there's also um, a picture of a bee on a Gaylardia flower well, that's in the school garden we planted. So, I mean, I think that's the thing. Sometimes you need to create the beauty. Um, but there's so much beauty here, and it's just all over the place. We just got to open our eyes. Yeah. I so my hope, hopefully my cards will inspire people to do the same thing and just go around with thinking in their mind, like, what's beautiful around here? That's Absolutely. good. Thank you. Really. Uh, mine's two-part. A lot of it is figuring out and identifying where I can show up more. Uh, and also a lot of it is me working off, working on removing my emotional backpack mm. <laughs> and de-schooling a little bit of those old ideas. Yeah. So I'm in an, a huge information acquisition phase, as I call it. Mm -hmm. I also learn about uh, regenerative agriculture communities and how they can operate um, in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I read quite a quite a lot yeah. uh, and I also spend a lot of time with the idea be the change that you want to see in the world mm. and so what exactly does that mean to me and how can I represent that in all the different parts of my life so I do um, I spend a lot of time with my children we have a very dynamic life environment we attempt to engage in the ways that I described a little bit earlier and so I am excited to see as my life grows and unfolds what that leads to but so I have, yeah. you can call me and say, hey, Billy, would you like to do this? Really? Yeah, I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So there's, there's a, the best possible way I could uh, wrap this up is I would tell uh, everybody that's listening, um, in the words of Adrian, uh, find yourself somewhere serving. Uh, if I could put it in the words of Billy, uh, be in an information acquisition <laughs> phase, always right. being curious. And in the words of Catherine, uh, open your eyes and capture uh, beauty and if you cannot capture it create it mm. that's really good uh, thanks so much for being our guest today here on the possibilities podcast thank where you. we're thank breaking you. ice and building bridges great job today <laughs> breaking ice building bridges is the possibilities community podcast platform thanks for tuning in